Welcome to Eden Speaks. Our prayer for this podcast is that this can be a place of openness, grace, honesty, and connection with our sisters in Christ and any brothers out there who are tuning in. While this podcast is in connection to our women's ministry at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington, we welcome everyone that is looking for real Christ-centered conversations. Some of these conversations may be hard and emotional, stirring up parts of us that we would prefer to keep hidden and protected. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us be that light to one another. Let's take a step outside of our comfort zone. Let's trust Jesus to show us how to give grace and hope to others, and also put us in a posture to receive it as we engage in a journey of growth. Let's speak the truth of God's word. Let's always speak love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eden Speaks, a place of hope, encouragement, and grace. I am not Amy. She is not with us today, but I am Shannon, and we do have Stacy with us. Say hello, Stacy. Hello, Stacy. <laughs> After Stacy, she is our executive pastor here at Living Word and a very important part of our Eden team. And I asked her to join me today to be talking a little bit more about our topic of the year um, at our Eden gatherings, which is be intentional, be transformed. And we're basically kind of doing a recap of what I um, taught about just last Friday at our Eden gathering. And it was about be intentional, be transformed. And we focused on solitude um, because we did a little breakdown of the spiritual disciplines and I picked one, right? And I focus mm-hmm. on it. Um, it's funny because I feel like I say solitude, but they almost always come with silence, stillness, and solitude. I very rarely just see solitude, but yeah, because yeah. silence and stillness are also important, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Stace. I mean, really, I wanted you to come um, and talk to us a little bit about this and just share because you've been on a pretty awesome journey with being very intentional about meeting the Lord and being with him and allowing him to do work in you, um, which of course included solitude, has included solitude and silence and stillness, I assume too. But so I want you to just share a little bit about your journey and um, maybe anything that stuck out from last Friday night or just all the good things. Let's just have a good thing about this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, honestly, I think, um, my journey into solitude and stillness um, and silence came out of, it It probably started three and a half, four years ago, uh, honestly. And it came out of a very busy season in my life. Um, I was a president of a company. I was uh, working 50, 60 hours a week, uh, working from home, but nonetheless putting in all kinds of hours. And there's pitfalls there when you, if anybody does work from home or especially now in this COVID season, there's probably a lot of people mm-hmm. who've made that shift. Um, it gets really hard. The lines of demarcation between, uh, you know, this is work and this is home and this is rest get really blurred. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was in my life. I just, everything was blurred and kind of work was everywhere. And family was kind of shoved in there and God was like, you know, I love you, Lord. We'll see you next week. And um, I was super unhappy in that season of my life. And so I had sort of just kind of had a little, not a, not a official breakdown, but came to a place where I heard the Lord say kind of in a time of crying out, uh, it's time to, uh, you can let go. You can walk away. You, you, you don't have to continue to be on this crazy treadmill. Uh, And, and I sort of felt him in a very rare moment at that point, uh, a quiet moment, heard him say, you know, you, it's okay. You can, you can give up. Uh, And I did. And I walked away from this uh, job um, and then was for a time unemployed. So I went from having like all no time at all to suddenly tons of time so much time so much time and like what do you do and so I purposefully because I did sort of the Lord a little bit prompted me into that season I I took that opportunity I had heard about um silence and solitude before Ruth Haley Barton it's a great book which I can't think of the name of it right now but I know I know you've read it. No, but there's a book like it. Oh, or Sacred Sacred Rhythms. Yeah, okay. Sacred Rhythms is what it's called. Yeah. So I had read her book and I thought, oh yeah, that sounds great. 
but didn't put it into practice. And I just felt like this is the time. Now, now is the time for me. I have the time. Um, I'm going to do this. And so I was very intentional. I would get my kids off to school, get them on the school bus, uh, make a cup of decaf coffee and sit down in, in an area in my living room that was quiet and peaceful. And for a while, I would just sit and stare out the window and kind of get to a place where my mind was quieter, not necessarily quiet, because I think when we first start, uh, you know, it's like, you're just, we don't even know how to be quiet in our head. So I was quieter. I would read some scripture and then and then just take some time to sit with the Lord and both pray and listen, which the listening piece, listening for God, sitting quietly and listening was brand new to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what does this look like? So um, I started that, like I said, probably that was three and a half years ago. Um, that took me on a long journey and a lot of life changes, but that's where I started. I, I don't know if that's helpful. Um I guess the components of that were one being alone. So, so my family was gone, right? Um, that cup of decaf or cup of tea or lighting a candle. I have to say there's something for me when you talk about the intentionality of that, that sort of adds to that. Like I am, it's not just like, okay, I'm going to like zip off to the side and do this little thing. You're, you're taking the time to set a mood or create a space that that was important for me. And then I had the blessing to be able to have lots of time with the Lord. I know some of us are only going to have a certain amount of time. And, and that actually, Shannon, you talked about that, about, about time. I am curious, you talked about the difference between making time versus, uh, you know, just sort of hoping the time will show up. I don't know if you want to talk a little more about that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I didn't know that our kind of, um, kind of precious moments where the Lord called us into, this really concentrated time um, with him were so similar. I shared a little bit on Friday, just how you know our, our family had come out of a pretty traumatic season and um, we had lost two daughters, um, both back-to-back years within a month of their life. They lived just under a month in 2008 and then just under a month again, another kiddo in 2009, 2010. And then we, um, went into trying to adopt and that was failed adoption. And anyway, it was a long drawn out process. And I feel like, um, kind of towards the tail end of that, we had already moved into this house that we're in now we'd moved from our old house. And as the kids went off to school, he did, he kind of called me like that too, into a space of like, you know, sit with me, be with me, let me kind of minister to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that time in my life, it was, it was like, well, the kids are gone and everyone's gone and I get to do what I can fill my day with a bunch of crazy stuff. I wasn't working either at the time. Well, I was, I had started a fitness company that I ran early, early in the morning and could really work on throughout the day whenever I um, kind of found time or had time to do it. And so I could schedule my day um, and I could have filled my day with lots of different things and I kind of was tempted to, but I did feel like you, that calling me to a space of just sit with me, let me minister to you, let me show you some things, let me teach you some things, um, let me talk to you. So that was time that I just had, kind of like you're saying, not everyone does have it. But I think now I work full time and I'm a student and I have kids and I have a husband and it's busy. And now you're right. We do have to figure out there will be seasons in our life where we have to make time. We can't just find it Mm -hmm. and we schedule it. Like you literally almost have to schedule it. And whether that means you get up 20 minutes earlier in the morning before everyone else does, before the house gets crazy, or you sit in your car on your lunch break and you make that appointment time or you do it at night before everyone or after everyone else has gone to bed. I don't know what that looks like. Everybody is a little unique in that, but we do, we have to carve that time out. And you and I actually are in a group right now called Rule of Life. And we talked about this a little bit. We actually first talked about Rule of Life. I mentioned this on Friday night um, when we did Emotionally Healthy Spirituality last year. Right. This year, you and I are actually really intentionally <laughs> doing a book on um, rule of life. But you did a book last year on rule of life, too, which I bring up rule of life because it creates an opportunity to make a structure in our lives 
so that we can make time for the things that are healthy for us and that yield growth and space to spend with the Lord and, and provide opportunity for him to do works in us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of, that's another part of like making time for him is doing something like a rule of life. What about you? I mean, when you did your rule of life last year, cause again, you went, you were, went through a book last year. We're doing a book now this year. Yeah. You shared a lot about that. Like that was you being intentional, making space and trying to figure out what works and what he's calling you to health wise. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the funny thing about it that I found both last time and this time as well, we're doing it. It's not just you and I, we're, we're doing it with that small group mm-hmm. is, um, how rarely we, particularly, I would say as Americans really take the time to look at ourselves, to really look at what are our roles? What are our responsibilities? What do we value? What is important? What, like so often we just are going and then things are added on, like I said, added onto the treadmill and we just keep going. And we don't really stop and look and go, oh, what is all of this that I'm carrying with me every day, all day? Right. Right. Um, so the rule of life was really good to just, uh, to just say, okay, let's look at the things that you are doing, the, the roles that you are fulfilling, be that, you know, for both of us, that's mother, wife, um, pastor, friend, uh, you're, we're, I'm a daughter, I have parents that are aging, you know, there's, so there's a lot of different pieces of that. So then you look at those roles and, you know, what is important in all those things? And, and also for me, um, I'm in a point now where I'm officially middle age, very, very middle age, smack in the middle, middle age. <laughs> and, uh, and I had sort of forgotten the things that I used to love to do when I was younger. Uh, it all became about work and mothering and being a good wife and, you know, serving the Lord and being a good pastor. And uh, I forgot about joy. Yeah. I forgot about peace and just allowing the glory of the Lord to kind of saturate me and and sit and enjoy life around me rather than escaping from life because I think the the typical trend is you know we get really busy we get really busy and then we escape and then we get really busy and we get really busy and then we escape rather than we're working at a nice steady good pace and we enjoy is a whole different thing Mm -hmm. oh sorry about that um I don't know how to turn this off. Otherwise I would. It's but, fine. It's fine. Yeah. Everyone understands the phone. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just um, finding out the things I liked, uh, remembering that, oh, I, I love to play music and I love to work in my garden and I love to read and I do love movies. So, you know, rather than feeling like, oh, I'm guilty because I'm watching TV, I could be like, you know what? Actually, it's Friday night. It's movie night. It's something we enjoy as a family. It's something I enjoy. I'm going to take joy in this. Um, But yeah, also making sure that there was time for time for my body. That was another thing that I completely neglected as far as any sort of um, exercise or just physical health, I kind of put on the back burner because my job was very intellectual, kind of all in my head. Um, still, I would say a good portion of my job is that way. Yeah. And so I tend to sometimes just shut off my emotions and shut off my body and function at the high capacity where stuff needs to get done. And so, um, yeah, uh, creating a schedule that included my body included fun uh, included very specific time for the Lord, included time for my family, which when you do those things, the first thing you realize is some stuff has to go because there are only 24 hours in a day. <laughs> um, so you start to really prioritize uh, what you want your life to look like. I think the the great thing about the rule of life is that um, you you know, we often go through life sort of wishing our life was one way, but it isn't, you know, oh, well, eventually I'm going to be this and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be this, but I'm just not getting, instead I have these habits and and we just sort of are accepted. We accept that. 
And I think the rule of life is really, it is absolutely so much about intentionality and saying, okay, if you want to be or do these things, you have to actually take the steps to get there. And it helps to start create this trellis or framework, not suddenly like you're one way and the next day you wake up, you're a new way, but it, it opens your eyes to what your true desires are and then helps you to start thinking about how do I get from A to B and then from B to C and then from C to D. So yeah, um, yeah. a great, a great practice. Not, I wouldn't say an easy, it's not easy. It definitely, the, the process of a rule of life does take some definite intentionality uh, and you have to be still and quiet and have some time and solitude to even just reflect on yourself. Uh, you can't just do that in a quick little, you can't just knock it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's even important. I mean, I think you're saying this, but like to even figure out what, what should I be prioritizing? What should I be intentional about? I mean, we can sit and be quiet before him and ask him for direction in that even mm -hmm. he wants to help us do that. I know that there've been times and I feel like, and it's, it's kind of like this little nudging, like say, say well like let's take you for example i'm using you as an example if that's okay <laughs> you, with the caffeine thing like lately you've been like yeah. i feel like i'm drinking too much caffeine i am telling you right now i believe that when we say things over and over like i'm eating too much sugar or i'm drinking too much caffeine or whatever that is i believe that it's the holy spirit saying back up on this you need to back mm -hmm. off on this it's not good for your body here's what's happening da da da, da. And honestly, I mean, there's sometimes he will scream it, but there, we really can get, when we can get quiet before him, we can be like, okay, here's, and he'll actually teach you or show you places where you can do it. Mm -hmm. um, you said you're going to have, things are going to have to go. I feel like when we can get quiet before him, we can see places in our schedules where we can be trimming the fat, quote unquote, right? Yeah. So we're not rushing around. I mean, I know you and I both have read the book, um, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah. It, is like that when you sit before the father and you're quiet with him he can help you figure out where should i be intentional where do i need to prioritize and some things are have to's but ultimately we have way more time than we think we do it's mm -hmm. just full our time is just filled to the brim with stuff that he might be asking us like get rid of this stop doing this it's not good for you you're overindulging on this whatever it might be when you can yeah. be spending time, more time with me or spending more time, you know, doing, spending with your family or enjoying things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That without being alone with him. Yeah. I also think part of that too, and this is just for me, although I would imagine it would be for others as well. Um, it's funny because I'm the executive pastor here and I deal with the finances. And usually when I preach, at least so far, I've talked about money and giving and tithing and kind of stepping out in trust in that area. And um, I have never personally struggled with that, with the idea of giving financially. I, it's come pretty easy for me. So it's easy for me to talk about what I do very much struggle with is my time. Mm -hmm. And I've been very convicted when I did get still with the Lord, I was very convicted that I do not trust that he will organize my day so that I can get all the things done that I want to get done. And I could, I could sense that the Lord was like, you trust me with your money. I need you to trust me with your time. Like I need you to trust that you can sit before me and lay all the things that are important to you down at my feet and that I will order them for you. And it's, and it's all going to work out and it's all going to get done. And that has been an ongoing struggle for me in my life is to trust the Lord with my time because uh, I, I want to organize it and plan it. I got the, like many moms and women my age, I got the grocery list running and the laundry list running and the, you know, the lists are running in your head and you're afraid if, oh my goodness, if I shut that list off, everything is going to crumble and fall to the ground and it'll all, it'll be chaos, right? Totally. And it's so hard especially if you've been doing that for a while and you've been carrying it for a while, it is hard to say, I can trust the Lord with my list and I can turn it off. And that's one of the things that the rule of life does and the intentionality, both of those things, actually what ends up happening is that list gets shut off. And at first it can be really scary because you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have the list. What am I doing now? I don't know. But yet in that time, in that moment or in that daily, you're forced to 
to turn to the Lord and be like, okay, I trust you. You know, what's important in life. You, you know, cause my go-to would be like, I'm going to knock out that load of laundry or I'm going to pay those bills or I'm going to get that report done for work. Whereas the Lord's priority might be like, no, you're going to sit down and talk to this person who needs to have a conversation that honestly, if I'm being honest, that wouldn't be on my list, but that's on the Lord's list. And so part of being, being intentional with time is you're really trusting him to order not only what you want to do and the things that are important for you, but the things that are important for him as you step into, you know, what is he calling you to do? What does he want yeah. your life to look like? Yeah. yeah. It's that surrendering. Um, as you were talking, it made me think of this verse out of the message. Um, and I want to read it. It's in Matthew 11. Um, and in the message, it's kind of, it's paraphrased. So it's hard, but to tell exactly where it's at, but it's 11, 28 through 30 ish. But again, mm -hmm. in the message, it says, are you tired, worn mm -hmm. out, burned out on religion? Come to me. I love this. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Mm. That is one of my favorite verses, actually. I think I know it maybe in the, probably not the King James, but oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. That come out, that get away with me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I mean, we're talking about surrendering our time, but I do think that as we spend that time with him and we, there's something that happens in deep in our core where we do, we are able to trust him more with more stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and some, you're right. Maybe some people don't have trouble with, you know, trusting him with their finances or trusting him. Maybe some people don't have trouble trusting him with their time or whatever. But I do think there's something about if you're looking at where you're gripping or hanging onto and mm -hmm. making it be a forced rhythm, yeah, there might be something there that you want to get quiet and alone with father about and just ask him to kind of help you and show you as he asks you to surrender it right like I, I totally hear you there'll be days like I feel like on my Sabbath, for example, there'll be times on my Sabbath when and you know we try to do as a staff we try to do a Sabbath once a week because it's taxing. We encourage you all to do it. It's, it mm -hmm. is also a spiritual discipline. It is an awesome one. And yes. it basically says, father, we trust that you have this world. And if we step out of the work posture for one day, it's still going to function just fine because <laughs> you are yeah. God. But, um, when I do Sabbath, there are sometimes when I'll get angsty because I'm like, I have so much time to do all the things that I enjoy, I almost get anxious about using that time. And I'm with you where I'll have to pray. Like, help me to use, help me to spend my time how you call me to spend my time today, Lord. Not like, okay, this time I'm going for a walk and then I'm going to take a bath. I mean, it's almost like my, my rest day can become like a task day. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. But when mm -hmm. I pray about it and I surrender it and lay it at his feet, I feel like I don't have that drive. Um, like I would, if I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the same thing with the rule of life too, is it's very tempting to turn it into a schedule. And it's not a schedule, and, yeah. but it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, create a schedule and then like rigidly stick to this schedule. I think you just said a minute ago, Shannon, it really is about letting go. Yeah. Surrendering. Yeah. But letting go with intentionality, let, yeah. not just like I'm going to let go and be willy nilly flopping in the breeze, but letting go with a plan, letting go with, again, a plan that you devised in the quiet, in the stillness with the Lord. Uh, I hear all often people saying, um, you know, how do I know when the Lord is talking to me? Or I don't know if the Lord is talking to me, or it just seems like me talking to me. And uh, that was the other piece, I think, about um, the big piece about silence and solitude that grew immensely was having discernment and being able to, to, to discern the Lord's voice from my own and realizing how much he does talk to me all day. Like you mentioned, Shannon, the whole, oh, I should give up sugar. I should give up sugar. I should give up sugar. You know, the places that the Lord is speaking to us, the way that he's speaking to us through other people, through some of our own, uh, our own language, uh, it, when you are, when you slow down and you're quiet, you're actually able to discern that and be like, oh, I, that might be the Lord. This might be the Lord. It's funny. I had, um, someone in my office last week, uh, 
who, not funny, maybe it's not the right word, but common, someone was in my office um, just wanting to, uh, pursuing the gift of tongues. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I've talked to people about this before and, and a common thing that comes up is, oh, well, but it's just, but when I do this, when I open my mouth and make a sound, it's just me talking. And it's like, yes. It is. It is just you talking. But the Lord is something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not gonna just. He's not taking you over. It is you talking, but it's your spirit connecting with His spirit. And I think it's a similar thing when you sit with the Lord in silence and solitude. It is your brain moving, but it's His spirit and His brain and your brain, and and the two are together. And you can. And there is a still small voice that you begin to pick up that. Yes, if you were to narrow it down, it's like, well, that seems like it came from my brain. Well, it would come from your brain because that's where it's going to come from. But at the same time, you recognize that it's not, it's not all of, of you. It is it's something more. It's his spirit speaking into you. And so that's also a really valuable value that you only, I think, you get those things only when you are in silence and solitude and stillness. And the other side to that, if you are still questioning, if yeah, it's your voice or your your brain or whatever. If um, if it's in alignment with scripture and his character, I mean, he's Absolutely. not gonna. It's definitely not gonna be coming from your brain if it's something wild and crazy like, I don't know, drop everything right now and go buy a whatever. I mean, you yeah, know, it's, it will be in alignment with scripture. It will be in alignment with his character. You'll feel you'll you'll feel and know. But it, you're right. It will be your brain. It will be your voice. But mm -hmm. you'll feel it in where he lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. There'll be a resonating there. It won't yeah. be like oh well well I heard him say, <laughs> but it, you know. So yeah, it's in alignment with scripture, and it will be in alignment with his character. Um, but yeah, yeah, and that's where. It's also important, you know, to be intentional, to have people in your life too, that you, especially yeah. when you are starting out on that, to come and say, okay, here, I heard this, or I thought the Lord said this. Does that sound right? Does that sound like something? Because we need each other too, to be able to really discern, I think maybe the Lord is calling me into this, um, to have a trusted friend or friends that are also walking in Christ, that are also discerning in the spirit. You know, we're all doing our best to, uh, to follow him, to listen to him, to hear his voice. Um, so we need each other in that process too. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of his character, we also talked about on Friday night, just how many times Jesus got away and was alone with the father. Yeah. Um, and we had a big, pretty, you know, partially exhaustive list that um, really just focused on the times when he got away to pray Mm -hmm. um, but he would get away a lot. I mean, we see lots and lots of times in scripture where Jesus goes, for, first of all, like I said, to get out, to get away to pray, but he also in preparation for hard things, in preparation for hard decisions, in preparation, in grief. I mean, he went um, to be alone with the father for comfort. Um, and it's important that we look to scripture um, with the things like spiritual disciplines. I mean, if you're wondering what to do, we gave a list, right? We gave a list on Friday night, the spiritual disciplines, and they were, it was a pretty good list, but it was a list that, you know, came out of a book that again is a pretty darn good book. It's called the celebration of disciplines by Richard Boster. And he does an amazing job, but if you're wondering, you know, if you're curious, like what spiritual discipline would the Lord be calling me into when we look to scripture and we see what Jesus did, um, the way he lived his life, his unforced rhythms of grace. We just read that in that scripture. Um, we will see um, the different ones that he walked out and silence, stillness, and solitude is for sure one of them or three, yeah. whatever, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about that, Stacey, a little bit? Is there anything that you see in scripture there in regard to how you know Jesus um, pursued the father, pursued his voice, pursued his presence and needed him? all by himself like Jesus yeah. needed that yeah just that he did it a lot yeah. a lot we we yeah we read so much about and Jesus went away or he rose early or he you know maybe took a disciple or two with him but pulled away from the constantly all the time as much as he was with people he was away from people yeah um right. and I think that's the other thing you talked about sabbath um, Shannon, kind of this once a week practice of really just having a reset and being spending time with God. But I think we need more than just one. I mean, once a week for me, I know doesn't cut it. Jesus did it regularly, daily, I would say. 
Um, and yeah, so Sabbath is just to set your work aside, right? For yeah, but yeah, pursuing. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, the silence yeah. and solitude that I think, again, just in our culture and the way we live, it is really a foreign concept. Yeah. And, uh, and so we think about, oh, I maybe could do a little bit here or a little bit there, and not really recognizing, like, it's right up there with showering, depending on how often you shower. And if you don't shower very often, it's, it's right up there with eating. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a better, maybe that, you know, like it's, it's regular enough in your life. When you get in that pattern, when you're doing it, you need to do it a lot yeah. uh, because, and what you find is that you're just not the same without it. I mean, it becomes so life-giving and so life-affirming and mm -hmm. It absolutely can set the tone for your day. Uh, it can put you in touch with your emotions, your body. I mean, there's just so many good things about it yeah. that we need to do it daily for sure. So yeah. I, I think that's one thing that the Jesus shows us. He does it so frequently daily, I would guess. Yeah. Um, if not even more, we don't, maybe it was, you know, a couple of times a day. And there might be seasons where you're like, you do need him. You need yeah. that time a couple of times a day. I know. Like there are some practices, like the daily office is actually three times a day. Um, you okay, yeah. meet with him first thing in the morning, you meet with him midday, and you meet with him at the end of the day. There are lots of different, um, you know, ways to cook, to go about this. Mm -hmm. um, and there are lots of, we learn from the Desert Fathers, we learn from, um, you know, uh, other historical, you know, theological, not historical necessarily, but figures mm -hmm. who, um, you know, monks and priests and 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 they right. figure out lots of ways and we can learn from them too from other people yeah um, but yeah Jesus did it so much so I I had said on Friday Jesus did it so much that it's funny that Luke finally was like you know what here we go at Luke 5 16 he's just like but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed like he finally was like okay I'm tired of like mentioning every I, I read it that way I'm tired of mentioning every single time Jesus got away I'm just gonna say he often did it guys like he did it all the time yeah <laughs> and, we, and you know what he didn't do is he didn't go uh sorry Peter James and John I need some time alone so I you know I hope that's okay with you like he made God the priority I know that's a problem for me sometimes is it's like I feel like I have to because I'm if I'm honest, I'm not a super great first thing in the morning person. I, I like to sleep. <laughs> uh, and so sometimes my stillness and solitude comes later in the day and I have to tell my family or so I have to, I have to take time from some other part of my day where someone might need me or want me. And I have to be like, no, I'm sorry. This is my time where I'm going to be alone uh, with the Lord. And not to feel guilty about it or that you're, you should be doing something else or you don't need to make an excuse for it. Um, one thing that was that I think was the hardest thing for me personally about COVID was right when COVID hit, we bought a new house um, and it was great and we loved it. But I quickly found out that in the previous house, I kind of had this little room that was sort of my space to get away because everybody hung out in this other room on the opposite side of the house. In our current house, just the way it's set up, I don't have that same kind of space really. And then suddenly everyone was home all the time. No one went to work, no one went to school. Everybody was always home. And I couldn't find time to be alone because there were, there were people in the house all the time. And, and I'm sure you all remember, we were, most of us were quarantined in the house. The restaurants were closed, everything was closed. Yeah. Uh, and in the winter here in the Pacific Northwest, you're not really gonna hang out outside. So um, it was a really hard time. I ended up getting some noise canceling headphones and kind of making my bedroom my solitary space and just told my family, listen, when I'm in the bedroom with the door closed, it means that's my time. And when I'm done, I'll open the door and come out. But um, so I guess just to say to advocate for that, if, if you're in a place of a busy family life or busy friends or roommates or whatever that might look like, uh, don't feel guilty. No. or shameful or whatever you might feel about advocating for that time alone for yourself because you do need it yeah. and Jesus certainly never apologized for it he just yeah. did it and and I think I think when we talk about rule of life and carving things out that's the first step is carving out that time unapologetically and making sure you have it in your life somewhere 
somehow, however, whatever that looks like. You mentioned the car at lunch and I'm like, oh yeah, that's another good option. Yeah, these are healthy boundaries, guys. And yeah. we, if, if you need it, we will give it to you right now. We will say you have permission to create these healthy boundaries for yourself. Um, I think on Friday night, we mentioned something about how like when you're, ner- when you're in an airplane and they say, you know, oh, if the cabin pressure should drop and the oxygen bags come, what do they say? They say, put it on yourself first. Mm-hmm. It's not selfish. It's actually wise. Yeah. The difference between selfishness and wisdom. And he is guiding us and leading us in this way. And it's okay to put up a healthy boundary and say, hey, here's what, here's what I'm going to go do because what does it do? It, and again, we don't do this stuff just to be better for the sake of ourselves. Right. We do it to be better for the other. Yeah. Um, when I am alone and I spend this time alone with the father and I, and I kind of just gain his just energy and love and wisdom, all the different things that I need in order to go out and function and care for the other well, that's good. That is yeah. all good stuff. I'm not just you know, hole up, like taking it all in and then just hoarding it to myself. I'm not doing that. That's not the point behind it. The inner work, the the space that we create um, as we go after these things, we're not doing it for that. We're doing it for the other. So to care for yourself is, should be a priority. It's okay yeah. to make it a priority. It's a healthy boundary. You can set it up. Put your mask on first, guys. Put your mask on first. Okay. <laughs> Not your COVID mask. Not your COVID <laughs> the metaphorical mask. Your mask. <laughs> You're on a plane, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things um, I wanted. So we also talked about like why we should do this and why we don't do this. We talked about that. And you guys can go back and listen to that Eden message if you like. It's up um, on our website, um, kind of under, you can find it under a couple of different places under resources. You can also find it under ministries, but Um, one of the things that we pointed out was like, when you become aware of God, you're going to inevitably become aware of self. Mm -hmm. This is this whole concept of a mega day. We are made in the image of God. And so when we spend time alone with him, and one of the reasons I think we don't as much is because it's really uncomfortable for ourselves to become aware of ourselves. Like what's really going on inside of us? Yeah. Our desires really, what do we really, you know, what's really going on in there? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to do that. It's hard to press into those kind of uncomfortable places. But, um, and this might be one of the reasons why we don't, why we don't create the space or we come up with all these excuses or reasons or why we avoid it, right? Do you see that sometimes Tuesdays? Oh yeah, that's, that's been my life the last, certainly the last six, eight months. Um, I have really been intentional about looking at myself and then not loving what I've seen. Um, and my initial response at some of the things I've, I've seen about myself, some, there's, there's some habits and addictions and ways of thinking that have kind of been present through most of my life that are resurfacing because mm-hmm. uh, I haven't ever really taken the time to look at them and there hasn't been healing there. And so now they're kind of, they bubble up again, right? They don't go away until we really bring them to the surface so that the Lord can do his work there. Um, so I've had things come to the surface and I haven't liked them. And my response in the past has been, well, you know, there's a lot of shame attached to that. So I'm just going to shove it back down or do something else to not think about it. Um, And in this season of intentionality, I've had to be like, no, I'm not going to shove it down. One, which that alone is very hard to just let the ugly things come up and not push them away and and really look at them. That's a hard thing to do. and then also really just have grace for myself and, and let go of the shame. Again, Shannon, you talked about letting go. I think that's so important in this intentionality. It's like both and you're intentional and you're letting go, letting go of the shame, recognizing that whatever your ugly stuff is, God already knows it. He's already in there with you in all the muck and the mire, and he's not shocked or scared or surprised or upset with you even. Um, he's, he's in there saying, let's look at this together because there's something you can learn from, from the ugly. There's something that I want to do here to heal you and make you better from these places that you've been trying to shove down. Mm -hmm. Um, that takes a lot of intentionality, but I have to say when he, um, I think I just shared this week in staff, I feel like the Lord is blurring the line for me between the secular and the sacred, right? Like we have these kind of times where 
God lives in our life, you know, depending on how, what our life looks like in our, in our walk with Jesus, you know, maybe he lives in our life 80% of the time or 90% of the time. And then we have this little 10% that we kind of just tuck away and disappear and pretend he can't see. And I think he's really wanting to bring all 100% of our life up out into the surface, even yeah. things that seem very ungodly and say, well, here it is. Let's look at it. Not in a, not in a way of, oh, mm, look at that's terrible, but let's look at this together because I'd like to do a work here and I'd like to heal this. So let's bring it up and, and bring it out into the light. And um, yeah, that doesn't happen accidentally. There's definitely intentionality that comes with that, but good stuff, hard stuff. Uh, you're definitely, it's, it's a work and it's a work that he's doing and you're partnering in the fact that you are letting go of all those responses that you would normally want to, like I said, shove it down, but, but it's good work. It's life-changing work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. That's interesting. Um, the shame thing reminded me of, I feel like when we go before him with our shame or things that we feel shameful about or things that we think that we're hiding or should be hiding because we are bad because of yeah like in his presence it allows some of those things that we call shame to transform into grief yeah um because i think we can get confused with the way shame feels because the way so when we feel bad about something out in the world i do believe that that feels like shame and that is shame Mm -hmm. But when we feel bad about something in the presence of the Lord, that can become grief, like yeah. a godly grief. And what I mean is when our hearts are surrendered to him and captured by him and we allow him to really love us as good as we can, right? I feel like we just don't even understand the depths of it, but we, mm. we get glimpses of it and we understand it more and more as our relationship with him grows. But as we allow his love to pour and just wash over us, well, our hearts begin to change, right? So as our hearts begin to change, the sort of quote unquote bad things we do are the things that he'd be like, ooh, that is not good for you. Please stop doing that. Instead of feeling shame about those in his presence, we can be like, oh, and I'm grieved because I have been doing this or have been clinging to this or have surrendered to this. Mm -hmm. I'm grieved because you love me and I love you and I don't want to be doing this. So you mm -hmm. see how it takes the power away from this whole shame component, which makes mm -hmm. you want to hide it. Mm -hmm. And it helps you bring it out into the light and look at it together with him and call it, still call it something that's painful. Yeah. I have grief because of this choice I'm making, or I have grief in light of you, father, because I am relying on this instead of you or what, what have you. I hope it's making sense, but it made me think of that, how um, in his presence, our shame can be transformed into something that you both can look at and call grief. Mm -hmm. And then we repent. And that ultimately is there's sin there. We repent of that sin and we are washed clean and mm -hmm. move on with his help and mm -hmm. away freedom from that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's healing. Oh yeah. yeah. But but not necessarily if we keep it shoved down. Right. I think, yeah, we are obviously still kind of in the COVID season, but we're in a different, we're in a different turn of the COVID season where um, maybe we've settled into a new normal. Uh, and so things don't seem quite as traumatic as they did maybe a year and a half ago or even a year ago when things were really at their peak. Um, but I don't think anybody came out of this last season unscathed. I just don't think any of us did. It, it affected us in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons, but we are a nation, uh, in grief right now. And, uh, we were just recently at a, a four square district conference and, and they mentioned that we as Americans don't do grief well, and we really, we really don't. Um, we are cheerleaders for most things that we do, uh, and so the opportunity to step into the hard things right now, um, grief, uh, taking maybe even those feelings of shame and bringing them to the surface, allowing him to heal, slowing down enough so that we can look at ourselves, slowing down enough so that we can hear his voice, um, letting go of our ideas of what things should be and trusting him. I feel like it's all just kind of it's a, it's a new season that he's calling his church into. 
uh, and, I, and it's a hard season. I, I, think, I think this is a, a time of revelation, a time of revealing probably what's been there all along in the sense of, you know, it's not like we suddenly all are in this place. It's just that we've been really good at masking it for a lot of years. Yeah. And, and the one thing that COVID has done for us is, is pretty much brought us to our knees and said, yeah, I don't think we're going to mask it anymore. Stuff's coming up. And so what a season to start this, Shannon. I'm so glad that this is your topic for this year to be intentional and be transformed because um, I think the Lord is just absolutely um, eager and waiting for our hearts to sit at his feet, to let go and to just allow him to come in and do his work. And I think there's going to be really great fruit at the other end of it, but, but it's not easy. No. Yeah. It's not, and it can be scary and we can be really resistant to it, Mm -hmm. but I think we can also be encouraged and reminded that some of the things that he might call us and draw us to enter into with him in his presence, because that's where transformation happens. That's where he can, he's the only one who can get to the deepest parts of us. He's the only one who can, you know, walk with us to the core of us where grief lives and where all these, you know, brokenness and heartache and all the different things. And when he is there in that presence, in that place with us, when we allow him to be, transformation happens, but transformation happens because something dies there, right? Like whether, you know, whether we've finally acknowledged the depth of, of, of grief of something, or we acknowledge um, the heartbreak or heartache of something, or we finally fully surrender there, there is a death there that does happen. Mm -hmm. Letting go. uh, I don't know. I can't really always explain it, but, but I am reminded that even, you know, the good news is death always precedes life. So Mm -hmm even though he's calling us and drawing us into this new season, into this new place and inviting us to come and um, do this with him and allow him to do this in us, um, Mm -hmm. there is life on the other side, even though it feels scary and we feel resistant and we just, it's the last thing we want to do. There is life. And I, 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 that is a promise. I feel like that is an individual promise to each and every one of us. And we see it in scripture Yeah, and go back to that. That is the promise that there will be life on the other side. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're, we're like scared. Like I know that, you know, I definitely, um, you know, I mentioned in the beginning of this, um, you know, how the Lord called me into this kind of solitude time with him. And I mentioned briefly, and I've talked about it before, but we actually happen to be knee deep in the season of when um, our first daughter that we lost, Josie was alive. So she was born on the, on October 8th, 2008. She died October 31st, 2008. Mm -hmm. And so we are knee deep in that season and every year it looks a little different, but this year is even crazier than ever before. I don't know if it's just where my kids are at and where I'm at in life and just the work that he's done inside of me and I'm in seminary and doing all these different things, but he's definitely inviting me into a place of, um, of, um, actualizing grief that I maybe have never had before the deepest, mm-hmm. most intimate parts of my grief that I've been like, yeah, talk about tuck it away. Like I'm going to tuck that away and I'm never going to go there because it's so painful. It's so deep. It's so intimate. It's so, I don't even know, you name all the things that I'm afraid of it. Like what happens if I go there? What if I never come out? What if I die from it? What if I, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There are lots and lots of fears, but I do feel that as he is inviting me into that, I kind of think there's part of me is like, what do I have to lose? What am I going to stay here, stay like this with whatever this is and, um, and not have life on the other side. Like I choose that because I see what he's done in the past, or I see even what his death brought. Like I see all this life and this beauty. Um, I mean, I'm not excited about it at all, but I think I still say yes to the invitation. I still say I'm willing to try. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm um, in a different but similar season. First, I want to say I am sorry. I know um, I want to say sorry for your loss for Josie because I know that that is the season right now. So I am lifting you up during that time. Um. I am also in a season of really kind of entering into death. I uh, recently started counseling 
um, mostly because I'm really good at not feeling emotions. <laughs> I'm a highly, I don't mean to say this prideful, but I am, I, I can get stuff done. I, I can get stuff done. I can multitask. I can, I'm very efficient at organizing, planning, running. Um, it's no mistake that I have the jobs that I've had. And in over the years of doing those things, I, I've just had no time for emotion really ever. And if I did have an emotion, it made me feel sick to my stomach. And I was like, oh, I really don't have time for that. And the Lord has called me into this place where like, I can't continue to do my work in you until you start to look at this side of your life. And so I had no framework or even uh, no way to even start to know how to look at this without someone walking me through it with me, because I just didn't know how I thought, okay, I'm going to pay attention to emotions. Well, I don't even I don't even know names of emotions necessarily. I have a feeling and I don't know where it is or I have a thought and it might be a feeling and it might, I mean, I'm like a kindergartner. <laughs> and so I had to, I had to reach out for some counseling for somebody to walk with me and say, okay, let's talk about this feeling. Let's talk, let's go back to this place or this hard thing mm -hmm. and the emotions that were tied to it. And I'll be honest, he'll ask me like, well, how does that make you feel? And I'll be like, I don't know. I don't think anything. And then I have to sit there for a while and go, okay, let me really think what's, what am I feeling? like? I don't even know how to feel what those emotions are. So um, the Lord is certainly doing a work in me as well at this time to open up a whole part of me that most of my life I have avoided. Yeah. Um, but I know it's because he has something greater for me. Like you said, on the other side, That's right. there's something greater. He wants to go deeper. He wants to go more. And the desire of my heart is to walk with him and grow in him. And I said a long time ago, okay, Lord, I'm going to do whatever, whatever you ask me, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. And it just so happens at this season of my life, this is what he's asking. And so, yeah, we gotta, we gotta enter into those really hard places. And I, I used to think, you know, when, when you, there's kind of the, I don't know if it's a saying or a thought or what you would call it, but when you first become a Christian, if you have really like a profound transformation and say you were a wild partier and a drinker and a smoker and you know you become a Christian and you give up drinking and you give up partying or you give up your wild ways and and you kind of give up the really big outward sort of gross sins if you will like right off the bat and you're transformed and you think oh look the Lord has transformed me and then little do you realize that there's just layer upon layer upon layer upon layer and they never stop of transformation that the Lord is doing. And he starts with the really big, obvious stuff, which in some ways feels big, like, oh, he's done his work, this is it. And then the more you walk with him, you realize, oh no, there's another layer under there. Oh, now I've got it. Nope, there's another layer under that one. So yeah, I think I'm just in a season of the next layer, which, which is a layer of a lifetime for me. It's a pretty big, it's a pretty big layer to tackle, but um, yeah, that's what he's called me to, so. You guys, this is spiritual formation. This is what we're talking about is, you know, deeper still. Yeah. He calls us to deeper still year after year, moment after moment. And if you're still alive on this planet, breathing in and out, he is calling you deeper still. Mm -hmm. And we get to say, no, you get to say, I don't have to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm fine right here. You can do that. You can mm -hmm. say no. But we promise you that if you say yes, he will care for you well, and he will cover you, he will comfort you, and he will show you how, and it'll be so worth it. Because the depth of relationship with him that you'll get to have is priceless. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. And, and, it is, and it is a process after process after process. So it's death, life, death, life. It happens over yeah. and over. But again, that is Christian spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. um, and it's how we get to the depths of him and yeah. that experience and that presence. It's beautiful, but it's hard and it's brave. It takes brave work. So good for you, Stace. I'm yeah. proud of you. It is brave work. It is hard work. And I think we need to keep entering into brave spaces. You know, we say, oh, I need a safe space for blah, blah, blah. I feel like we need to say, I need a brave space. Yeah. I need a space where I can be brave. I can take a step. I can do scary things. I can say yes to 
um, inviting something new, something hard, a challenge, mm -hmm. uh, and not avoid, 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 because it's him pursuing us and, and wanting us to have life to the fullness. He died for that. Yeah. He died for that. And we don't want to forsake that. Right. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to encourage each other, you know, that, that there isn't any one of us that's not going through something. There just isn't. No, nobody escapes humanity. So um, just to be an encouragement and recognize the and have grace for each other as we stumble and try and say, no, I don't want to. No, you can't make me, you know. Um, and grace for yourself because it's not really yeah. pretty. Yeah, messy. You're gonna set up a rule of life, and then you'll totally not do it at all, and then you'll do it again. And you know, it, it's grace. It's gentle, unforced rhythms of grace. Find gentleness for yourself because we're here. We're here for the long haul, and He's intentional with our lives, and He's present in them, and He's. It's all still gonna be a thing. He's still working. He yeah. still loves us and still cares for us. Still present with us. So, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. Well, Stace, before we sign off, which thank you so much for being here today and talking about this topic. I was like, I want to talk about this with you because I just watch it. I watch the evidence in your life and I watch just watch you walking it out. And I'm like, okay, girl, let's talk about this. So thank you for doing that. Do you have anything you want to add before we say goodbye? Anything I want to add? Um, no, I think just encouragement to try it. If this is a new concept, if silence and solitude is brand new to you and seems like there's no way, find, fi find a place to just try it. Um, I think you'll be surprised yeah. at the benefits of it. Yeah. I, it might be my favorite discipline. If I'm, well, reading scripture is right up there too, but this, this might be, it's right up there. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fruit that comes from it. For sure. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And thanks for yeah. having me. Huh? Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Well, the encouragement is there to you, all of you, you guys. And before I pray us out, just a mental note. Well, to put something on your calendar. If you are near and not far and you can make it to our next Eden gathering, we are having that on November 19th. Kathy Meyer is going to come back. She has come back. She's been here for the last three Novembers, I think. Um, also focusing on the talk, topic of be intentional, be transformed. I don't know what she's going to talk about, but it's always so good and worth the time. So put that in your calendars. We start at 630 at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington. Um, this podcast will air literally on the 22nd of October, which is tomorrow. We're recording it the day before. Um, and then we will have another one on the 12th of November. So be listening for that. I think our merch orders already went out. So you're kind of too late for that, but watch for something more coming. Uh, what else? Oh, I know what I was going to mention, Stace. I was going to talk about the next. Um, so we have done in the past Eden Serve and we have worked with the Haven, um, but that kind of got a little way late, of course, because of COVID and we've shifted gears a little bit and kind of partnered with um, our associate pastor who is doing some an off awesome service project through Living Word called Living Works. Our next Living Works is on the 6th. Is that right? I think so. Yes. yes. Anyway, that's coming up. If you're not, uh, if you're interested in that, you can go on over and sign up. So we're kind of trying to funnel all our ladies that way um, and turning that into um, part of what we do to serve for Eden also, mm -hmm. um, which is a great way to do. We are the hands and feet of Jesus after all. Um, and Eden Connect, that is our, those are our small groups. They are going to be starting in January. So lots to be looking forward to um, here coming up. It's going to be Christmas before we know it. Don't shoot me for saying that, but it is going to be Christmas before we know. It is. <laughs> it's crazy. It's coming, guys. Get ready. So, all right. I'm going to pray for us, and then we will sign off. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for um, just your love, the way you pursue us, the way you invite us into yourself, the way you draw us to yourself. We just pray for every heart, mind, set of ears out there listening today. That if you are stirring um, and asking for time and space, and we know you are, that you would show um, show where to carve that out, uh, show where you 
want to meet with us. Um, maybe you have even a specific room or um, maybe a specific trail. We are in the Pacific Northwest um, for those of us who are. Maybe um, maybe it's just a, a, a certain chair that you want us to sit in with a hot cup of coffee. Um, Father, will you guide us and lead us and direct us in that? Um, we need to see you in it. We need to be guided and led so that we can say yes. And we invite you in to do a work in us, um, even when we're scared. We say we trust you, we say yes to you, we surrender to you. Will you help us to do that because we need your help. And when you help us to help each other to do that too, Father, help us to see each other well, to encourage each other. We love you, Lord. We trust you. We trust you with our solitude, our stillness, and our silence. We lay it at your feet, Jesus. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again, Stace. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great fun. All right. You have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to the rest of you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.